Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And you know, research shows us that it doesn't matter if you have one close friend or 50, as long as you have some form of deep, authentic human connection, the quality of your life and your health will be so much better. We are social creatures with a real basic human need to love, to be loved, and to belong. Our capacity for human connection isn't just a luxury or a gift that only a few social extroverts have. It's really, truly a tool and a strategy that can create more beauty, peace, and healing for yourself and the world. I want to tell you a little story today that changed the way I think about myself and my relationships. But first, I want to invite you to take a few deep breaths Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness. You've got me today. No guest to introduce. I am here to talk about something that's really important to me is really developing deeper connection. How do we truly live in a way that supports others to feel valued, connected, and whole? So I'm going to tell you that story, but first just this brief introduction and then we're going to move into really what is the research showing us and then some potential strategies that maybe you haven't thought about before of, of really not only helping yourself if you're in need of deeper connection but the true medicine is of really how do you help others and Perhaps you'll look at your life and, and those around you in a whole different way. So we are, we are social creatures. And human connection is as essential as food and water. We know this. In fact, some of the newest researchers in brain science, neuroscience, are saying that Maslow had that hierarchy wrong. And our basic foundational need isn't for food, clothing, and shelter. That human connection comes first. Interesting, huh? I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. We have this deep sense for love and belonging, and we're profoundly shaped by our social environment. So we suffer greatly when our social bonds are threatened or severed, and our well-being depends on our connection. So not only do we have a need for the connection, but we suffer without it. We're going to go into that a little bit later too today and really talk about this necessity. This, like I mentioned, it's, it's not a luxury. It is a necessity. And more and more people in our world today are suffering from loneliness, isolation, and alienation. Our culture's pointing us externally toward money, power, fame, beauty, independence, Independence is a big one. Like, we're really rewarded when we're independent and we can go out and make something of ourselves. So, 
what do we do? How do we come back to really feeling our deepest sense of connection with others? And is it just a fluffy thing that we want to feel liked and respected and seen by others? No, no, no. We are going to take a look at the research and then we're going to look at what you can do not only for yourself, but like I said, more importantly, for those around you. So here's my story. Several years ago, I should I should go back and, and figure out how many years ago because it was a profound experience I remember so clearly. My husband and I went on a trip. And so I think it was about five years ago now, maybe five and a half, because I was literally on crutches and in a wheelchair. So at least I remember that. We went to a island in the Pacific, and it was a company trip. We showed up and went to the desk to check in. And upon checking in from the company that we were with, it was a, it was a work trip for my husband, they gave us a packet of information and it, that happens often, you know, you get the packet and here's the schedule, here's the itinerary, here's where we're going, here's more information about some things you could choose, here's more information about food and, and your room and, and what we have for you. And in that packet of information that time, there was a green wristband with the company's logo on it. It was bright green. It was Kelly green, that that really bright, bright green. And it was, a, you know, those rubber bands that you put on your wrist that a lot of people used for fundraising for a while or, or to raise awareness of a cause. It's those thicker green bands that you can wear on your wrist. So here's what happened. It was fascinating. And... I, I still, I can remember the very first encounter. We put on our bands and we went down to explore the resort. And I'm being pushed in a wheelchair. So it, I think it made it more peculiar for me because not only was I having this green band on, but I'm being pushed around. So people are looking and, you know, seeing me and wondering what's going on with this this woman. So... We go out to the elevator and right away, there's others with the green wristbands on. And of course, people start talking, hello, how are you? Where are you from? What's going on? And there's all this social connection happening. And we're in the elevator and there are, there's one couple on that elevator that didn't have green wristbands and they stood there quiet, looking at the door, not not conversing, not talking, not connecting, and feeling awkward and disconnected while everybody on the elevator, these strangers become instant friends. So we get off the elevator and they go one way and we go down this really long hallway. And I'm noticing as you know, people are checking in, there's more and more of us on this resort and we, we meet people in the hallway and if they have a green band they're looking at us they're smiling they're saying hello we're we're like looking for the green bands and then when we come 
across someone without a green band, there's like no recognition, there's no smiling, there's no eye contact. In fact, I was noticing people would look away and I'm trying to make eye contact with them, but they're looking away and there's no green wristband. So again, we go, we go to breakfast, we go to lunch, we go to dinner, we go to the swimming pool, we go to the beach. Everywhere we go, when we see a green wristband, we're communing, we're talking, we're, we're conversing, we're collaborating, we're, we have something in common and there's a connection. And yet with those without a green wristband, there's no conversation, there's no connection. There's almost the opposite effect of people kind of protecting themselves and keeping to themselves. And, and it, is, it was a real strange phenomenon for me. The first couple of days were so fascinating. And so <clears throat> I began a social experiment. I started thinking, is this this artificial connection or is this an authentic invitation to engage? And why do we feel so much safer when we know we have something in common? And why do we not try to connect with others in the same way? Now, we were assuming we had a lot in common with those that had the green wristbands. We knew a little bit about them. They sold insurance. They sold insurance for this company. So they lived in the Midwest and we had to have a lot in common. But my social experiment was then, which is really outside my comfort zone. If you um, are anything like me, I am not one that would go into a room with a lot of people and start making connections. My husband is. Um, many people are that way i'm not i'm kind of like i'll just kind of step back and scan the room and feel comfortable and and not just reach out but i decided i was going to do that if i could do that with a green wristband could i do that with others and what i found on that trip was um, number one a courage to reach out to discover something in common and that i literally could do that with anyone. Now that might sound that might sound a little um, unbelievable at first, but literally what I began to do was if I was like, I'll give you an example. I was at the swimming pool and I was listening and there was this couple next to me with their children and they began as they were interacting and talking, there were things in common. And I could literally interject a just by a phrase they would say or something they would say, and I would find a connection. And this literally happened everywhere we went. I found connections on purpose just by reaching out and began conversation and began connection with strangers that didn't have the green wristband. Now, why is all this important? Well, I hope that this can inspire you. I'm going to share some research about connection and what connection really means to us. But when I left that trip and I came home, I had this profound dream. I, on my first day back, I had this dream that I ordered thousands and thousands of green wristbands. 
And I began this campaign where people just wanted to be seen and heard and felt and loved and they wanted to belong. And we began this campaign where we were sending out the green wristbands to everyone that wanted to fit in. And it was a signal, the social signal for us that, hey, I know you and it's okay, you know, say hello. So connection, it is such an important part of who we are. There are study after study after study, what connection really means to us. Number one, this incredible connection with our health and longevity, that having social connection Deep, meaningful social connection has a direct correlation to the quality of our health and our longevity. So more and more studies are showing that it's, it's strength, connection, relationships, connection, strengthen our immune system, help us recover from disease and illness faster, lower our anxiety and depression, they develop healthier self-esteem. And it creates not only just this physical health, but social, emotional, mental, financial. We can go on and on. The psychological effects of connection improve our health. Now, it also helps us live longer. People with social connection, meaningful social connection, live longer than those without. And it also creates resilience. The research is showing us that those who have, especially children, there was a, a longitudinal study of children back in the 70s and 80s and early 90s, and it might still be going on, I don't know, I've lost track, I should go look, but it's called the ACE studies, where they studied children with adverse childhood experiences. And the more adverse experiences, the more likely your health would suffer as an adult. And so they followed these kids that had adverse childhood experiences over a long period of time to look at their physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health. So what we know then is there was more research that said, well, if that's true, what creates resilience in these kids? What makes these children of adverse childhood experiences healthier and happier and more productive as adults? And the research on resilience showed, guess what? Connections. Any form of human connection made a significant difference in the child's life. And the more human connections, the greater the resilience. Pretty cool, huh? So human connection not only makes us healthier, happier, it creates resilience in those that are at risk. And think about our world today. And we think about at-risk kids, those in isolation, those that are alienated, feeling lonely, and um, really not connected, we know the grave consequences of that. So we're going to get into that in, in, a, in a minute here, but I also want to drop in this idea of happiness. There's research showing us that the more human connection we have, the happier we are. 
the more human connection we have, the more productive and motivated we are, the more, oh my gosh, it's, it's so crazy. When you think about this, we're smarter. We're not only happier and more productive, we become smarter. Our, our propensity for memory and recall and our intellectual capacities goes up directly correlated to healthy human connection. So this is really about quality more than it is quantity. And I want to say that in a way that the more quality relationships, the better we are. Definitely. But it's really about quality. It's about someone whom we can confide in, someone we can really share our deepest, most intimate selves with, someone that we can see on a regular basis. We're going to go into that in a minute, too. So here's a few little tidbits that I think are important because a lot of us spend time on social networks, on, on Facebook, on Instagram, and others. And the University of Pennsylvania just conducted a recent study that said the more time we spend on Facebook and Instagram, the more depressed and lonely we feel. Now, how do our social networks, how can we really use social networks to make more authentic connection and have the same qualitative um, support that we need to be healthy, happy, more productive, more resilient citizens. There was also a study, and this one's kind of sad, uh, in 2006, a study published by the American Sociological Review, and they said that in 1985, Americans had only three close confidants. And how they defined that were people with whom one feels really comfortable with sharing a personal problem with. Okay, so in 1985, this was just in America, Americans had only three close confidants. Now that's kind of sad in itself that there were only three, but guess what? And now we're looking at how does social networking affect this? Guess what? In 2004, they redid this study and it dropped to only one. In 2004, Americans had only one close confidant to share personal problems with. What they're looking at is that the social networking is one way to stay connected, but again, it's kind of that quantitative instead of qualitative deep human connection that we need. That it's not only a it's not only a luxury. Like I said, it's it's a necessity. We need that human connection. And the other thing with this study is that twenty five percent of Americans say they have no one. 
25% of Americans said they had no one person to really share their personal problems with. This is a problem, folks. You can feel it, can't you? It's a problem. And what we know is that this, this is the cool part of the, the new brain and neuroscience that's happening is that social pain is as real as physical pain. We can literally measure social pain in our brains, just like we can measure physical pain in the brain. It's the same center. It's exciting research. I don't need to go into it anymore, but it, we know that this is a huge problem and it's time for us to develop some solutions. So what do we do? How do we develop this quality versus quantity? And what we know is even one of these connections is better than none. And what the research is showing with the quality versus the quantity is the same phenomenon that I experienced with that green wristband story is that what I asked you is this, is it artificial connection or is this an authentic invita invitation to engage that our minds can create everything that we need with the medicine of connection with one person or a close handful that literally our invitation to connect even if it's even if it's not someone super close that you're going to share your greatest problems with right now we have to connect to develop the networks of those people. We have to connect in some way. How do we do that? Well, we are gonna take a quick break here. And when we return, we're gonna dig into some of these solutions, some of the ways that perhaps you can look at strengthening your connections. So I wanna invite you to look at your own life right now and how sustainable your relationships are. And let's look at our connections as a means of health insurance for the future, a means of our resilience, our longevity, our health. And irregardless of how connected you feel right now in this moment, perhaps there are ways you can connect even deeper, creating more of an accrual kind of relationship with those around you, that each and every connection can make a difference in the quality of your life. And then we're gonna look at how you can be a part of a solution for those around you. Think about that. If one out of every four Americans listening to this right now have no one they can confide in, you can be a part of that solution. You can be a part of creating more connection for the world around you right in your own corner.
So I hope to give you some really good medicine in the second half. We're going to take a quick break when we return more on creating deeper connections. We'll be right back. that 7 in 10 girls believe they are not good enough or don't measure up in some way. I'm Amy Poehler. You may know me from film and television, but I'm also involved off-screen, encouraging young girls to be proud of who they are. Body image breakdowns and the pressure to be perfect often causes a girl's self-esteem to plummet. But by being positive role models, we can change that. The number one wish among girls is for their parents to communicate better with them, including more frequent and more open conversations. So get involved and start talking. Begin a conversation with a girl in your life about the importance of self-esteem. Tell her why she is beautiful and set an example by avoiding negative self-talk. You can make a difference in the lives of girls, and that is no laughing matter. This message was brought to you by American Women in Radio and Television and was made possible through the generous support of the Dove Self-Esteem Fund, working together to raise self-esteem in girls everywhere. To learn more, go to CampaignForRealBeauty.com. Thank you for making a difference. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. The only thing I didn't learn in school today is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Do your relationships lack the intimacy, depth, and connection you long for? Do you struggle communicating what you need and desire? Are you always last on your to-do list or even worse, not even on it? You deserve to be happy, feel worthy, be seen, and be heard to have your needs met and your boundaries respected. Regina Cates takes the suffering out of life and relationships. She's a no-nonsense wise woman who healed herself and her relationships. She's an internationally known best-selling author, an empowerment coach, and relationships expert. Each day, she leads countless people around the world in reclaiming their power and transforming their relationships. If you're ready for a breakthrough, willing to do the work, then Regina will provide the way and the tools. Visit her at romancingyoursoul.com. Join the tens of thousands of people who, with Regina's no BS guidance, are taking back their power to live authentically and love passionately romancingyoursoul.com where walking the talk comes to life romancingyoursoul.com empowering you for a better life this is empower radio welcome back hey if you're inspired by our conversation today i invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again you can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, 
That's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on my Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I invite you to be a more conscious, courageous, and compassionate co-creator of the beautiful, healthy world we depend on. Come work with me. There are lots of different ways you can do that, and you can check out those opportunities at juliecrawl.com. Again, stay connected. Connect. Reach out. Send me a note. I love your notes, and let's connect. There are lots of ways that we can be the solution that we were talking about today on this show. I am... Ooh, looking forward to sharing some of these little pieces of tidbits, these valuable tools, solutions, resources for you, and perhaps a way, different way that you can look at connecting. Now, you may be listening to this feeling like I have an adequate connection. I feel connected. I feel um, supported. And that's beautiful. That's wonderful. I, I hope that you do as you listen to this. But let's look at the research and let's understand that as you look around the world, one in four have no one. Think about that social isolation. We are getting less and less connected all the time, feeling disconnected. And so I know there are times I do as well. We get into our little silos. We get into our world of work and we feel isolated alone. So let's look at some ways to reconnect, to really establish deeper connection. And we, we begin with values and beliefs. Oftentimes, we develop a sense of being separate from others, and we really, it's important for us to develop who we are as individuals. It's okay to be different. It's okay to develop your sense of self in the world, your sense of a separate self. It's a good thing. And understanding who we are as separate selves can also help us define our tribe, our community, really understanding who we are, what our values are, what our beliefs, what our passion projects are out in the world, what we care about. Those things help us to define a tribe around us, a community. You don't have to feel separate from others by being a separate individual. And so use your values and your beliefs to develop a network that matters, develop community that matters. And we're gonna talk about this a little bit later as well, but, well, I'm just gonna talk about this now because I keep saying I'm gonna talk about things later and I, I know that this is an important part is, it's important for us to develop weekly and daily interaction with others. So often we feel connected to someone, but we might not talk to a friend or a confidant for weeks and months at a time. Time just passes. And so developing these new social networks, developing connection with others based on our values and our beliefs, is an important part of creating a consistent pattern of connection for us. 
that we're seeing people day after day, week after week on a consistent pattern. One of the other really cool things that, um, and I love this term, walkable neighborhoods. What we're finding with connection and developing this deeper sense of belonging is when we live in walkable neighborhoods. Isn't that a cool term? So the research is showing that in walkable neighborhoods, we're developing more social capital. We're building social capital. We see the same people over and over again. We develop our sense of belonging. I have a son-in-law and my daughter and son-in-law live in New Jersey in the city. And the very first time I went to visit them in their neighborhood, it was so cool. We're in the great big city and we go out with the dog walking and we literally, he opens the door of almost every shop and restaurant in the neighborhood. And he yells in, hey, George, how you doing? Where's Wilma today? And he's like literally making this, making connections every day, just checking in on people, asking how they're doing, you know, yelling through their business, their barbershop, their restaurant. And everywhere we went, he had connection. It was fascinating. That is a walkable neighborhood. I love that idea. Okay, memberships. This goes along with the first one that I shared with values and beliefs. But membership in groups where you share these values and beliefs, like a church, spiritual community, service organizations, volunteering, anywhere that you can belong and have Regular interaction with others is another way to deal with this need for connection. Now remember, if you're feeling fully connected, think about how you can create greater connectivity for those around you, right in your own neighborhood, right in your workplace. Look around and these memberships and volunteering, these are ways that you can literally reach out to others as well as find places that you feel connected. So just like that walkable neighborhood where you start talking to people in the grocery store, start talking to people in the post office, start learning their names. That's what the resilience research shows is these kids, when someone calls them by name in the lunch line, they feel connected. Social networks, these are a part of real face-to-face -face social network where you're developing connections in a way that sustain your own health and well-being as well as others. I have a funny story. We just went to a funeral this weekend, my husband and I, and it was a long-time community member, and we live in a small community. And we went to that funeral, and of course, it was incredibly beautiful, amazing tribute to a man who had so many meaningful connections, whether it was from teaching, from the arts, from the social network, from his spiritual network. There were so many beautiful network, beautiful connections displayed. But the thing that was fascinating that I observed was my husband and myself. We went to the funeral and I wanted to connect with the widow 
of the deceased man. I had a connection with her. She was a friend. And my soul yearning was to go up and give her a hug and have a few moments with her and really just connect with her. And my husband went into the little reception after the funeral, and he was literally connecting with people all over in that reception hall. He, he was like making connections, reaching out, talking to people he knew. There were a lot of different ways that he connected in that one example. And those different kinds of connections are both valuable and important. So the risk of reaching out hardly outweighs the reward of connection. So you have to take a risk. Look around you. If one out of every four people in America have no one close friend, your chances of developing new friendships are pretty high, my friend. One in four people have no one. And the other three, according to the research, average one person. We are so busy. We're so on the move that we're not connecting and confiding in others. So the risk versus the reward are on your side. They're, they're in your favor. Reach out. Just reach out. Our social brain has a default mechanism. I think this is fascinating. The new, res the new research on the brain science shows that we have a social brain and the default is in thinking in terms of our connections with others. The default of our brain goes toward friends and family and connection and fitting in and where do we belong and do we feel loved? Do we feel um, connected? Do we feel valued? Do we feel seen and heard? So <clears throat> every time our brain goes into analytical mode, we're thinking, we're problem solving, we're in creative mode, perhaps we're even meditating or, or, or focused on our work. When our brain goes out of this intentional place of thinking, we go back to that default of the social brain. Pretty interesting, huh? So when those that are socially isolated are not busy with a concerted way of challenging themselves and connecting with others and doing their work and, and feeling that connection, we fall into that social brain that's comparing and contrasting and looking for those connections. So again, another really good reason for you to reach out to others is you don't have to stay home feeling isolated and alone. Go connect and, I tr and trust that those around you are feeling that same need to connect. Uh, and connection is perhaps a invitation to find ways to cooperate and collaborate. Even if you haven't found that close personal friend that you can confide in that you can share your deepest secrets or your deepest fears or your 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 deepest feelings with you can begin 
not only with the values and beliefs, you can begin with projects of cooperation and collaboration. Find ways to work in groups. What we know is social learning is extremely effective for not only children but adults. We want to teach others what we've learned. We want to share what we've learned. And we want to live, work, and play together. These deeper connections begin with us working on projects, coming together in cooperation and collaboration. There are ways you can do that right there in your own community, in your own neighborhoods, whether it's a neighborhood drive for something or a community fundraising event. There are ways to volunteer, to connect, cooperate, and collaborate. And I want to just pause for a moment because I think there's another important piece that a lot of modern day spirituality kind of suggests that boundaries are a bad thing. And I just want to pause and say, you know, boundaries aren't a bad thing. Yes, inclusion is important. We want to not exclude people. We want everyone to feel valued, connected, and whole, right? But boundaries can be a positive thing when we literally use boundaries to create that safe container. Not to keep people out, not to say they're bad, not to judge, but to create a safe container for us to begin this connection that we're talking about, to find our sense of community with others. So think about boundaries in terms of a favorite sports team. You know, hey, you're a Packers fan, you're all about the Packers, and you have this huge international community of people that are Packers fans with you, right? Or perhaps it's a community festival and there's community pride involved that, that your community every year has this festival and everyone gets involved, does their part, and and you feel seen and heard. Again, these are boundaries. There's boundaries in our workplace. I don't know about you, but I work alone a lot. And I'm, okay, I'll bend it. I'm pretty envious of my husband's workplace. He has this community of people in the workplace that he gets to see on a daily basis. And they gather, they do fun social things, they do fun playful things. They are always a, a, a larger community. There's boundaries there. The workplace creates safe and boundaries. Now, don't get me wrong. I get to be a part of that workplace often with my husband in that workplace. I love and adore all of them, and, and it's fun to be a part of, of their fun and their community. But again, that's another healthy example of boundaries that help us create the connection that we're looking for. So a couple different ways for perhaps you to look at con connection deeper connection. One strategy is the reframe. I want you to think about how you think about your relationships, how you think about connection, and perhaps 
ask, is there a need for a reframe? And I say that because often the stories we tell ourselves contribute to how we see the world. The stories we tell ourselves contribute to our worldview. And if we're feeling pretty isolated and alone, perhaps we need to reframe that story. So go back to, to my example of the green wristband. I could have literally gone through that vacation without the wristband on. I would have had a whole different experience. But my challenge to myself to connect with people, that wristband literally gave me confidence to say, if this wristband creates that artificial connection with other people, what's keeping me from truly authentically connecting with people that I don't even know? What is my fear of connecting with strangers? That wristband that was this artificial connection gave me an invitation to engage. So reframe the stories you're telling yourself about connection. Another thing is to truly, this is interesting. I, I, I don't like the word hack. Everybody's talking about life hacks and the way we hack into things. But you have an opportunity to do a, a connection hack here. If you're feeling connected on the inside, you literally reap the same health benefits as feeling authentically connected with others. Interesting, right? Like our neuroscience is showing that we have this opportunity to do this hack here, that we can create ways that we feel connected even when we are not. We can feel connected to our loved ones just by calling their essence, their energy to mind, maybe seeing a picture of their face when we close their eyes, connecting more deeply with something you love about them, and they're real close right here, right now. We can connect with a pet in this moment. Take a deep breath. Connect with a loved one right now. It could even be someone who's passed on. We could connect with their spirit, with their essence, with their incredible energy, their personality. We can connect with the things they valued right here, right now. You can create an authentic connection and feel that connection on the inside in this moment. Now, again, it works because you have had a connection with this person, that you do have a deeper connection with this person. So those are the people that you're recalling right now, right? In your mind, your, your heart, your mind is connecting with someone that you've had a real, authentic, deeper connection with. So this is a way that you can hack into this whole idea of health and wellness and connection and resilience is bring, recall that person, feel that feeling as if it's happening right now. When you're ruminating about feeling alone, feeling isolated, feeling like nobody cares, or you go to there, literally 
This is an important technique that works every time. And another technique for you, if you're feeling lonely, isolated, alone, is go serve others. Reach out to others. Literally, in serving others, we stop thinking about ourselves. We stop creating those stories that we're alone. So go out, volunteer, serve, help others. There are a couple questions you can ask yourself. And I really encourage you to just connect in with your heart, take a few deep breaths, and ask yourself these three questions because they're going to give you tools and clues and deeper meaning. Go to your journal, journal if you have to. These three questions can bring you into a place that creates more social harmony for yourself and sets you up for success. Those three questions. What's the deeper connection I'm looking for? Think about that. In any given moment, connect in with your heart and ask, what's the deeper connection I'm looking for? Sometimes our existing relationships aren't satisfying a deeper need. Perhaps it's because of those values and beliefs. Perhaps it's because of activities, things that we're wanting, things that we're needing, places we're not feeling fully connected. So again, ask yourself, what is the deeper connection I'm looking for? Second question, what is the deeper connection I'm missing? And the third question, where am I feeling disconnected? Those three questions are really good medicine. What's the deeper connection I'm looking for? What's the deeper connection I'm missing? And where am I feeling disconnected? There's no one that's going to rescue you. No one is going to be out there that's going to come and say, hey, perhaps you need connection, yet you can reach out to others in the same way to say, hey, are you looking for connection? I am. You can assume that one in four people are feeling pretty lonely. You can assume that the other three out of four have one connection in America. That is, many of you are international listeners. I imagine the research is pretty universal at this point in the world. So don't assume. Connect. Make those connections. You are one decision away from a totally different connected life. You are one action away from new connections. There was a teacher. I just, this story um, was going around social media a week or so ago of a teacher who every Friday, she asked her class, who do you want to sit with next week? And who do you want to nominate for a service award next week? And she did that every Friday, elementary school kids and the purpose of it wasn't because she wanted to set you by your friends the next week. She rearranged her classroom every week, but she asked those questions to see who 
was feeling lonely and who was needing more connection. Pretty cool, huh? She rearranged her classroom to strategically place those kids who were feeling lonely and alone, or maybe they were popular last week and not popular this week. She was strategically creating more connections in her classroom. I'm going to invite you to do the same this week. Look around your life. Be creative in the ways that you can make connections in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in the groups you belong to, in your family, in your life. Don't assume that even your family members are feeling fully connected. Reach out, engage, and ask those questions. Create ways to go deeper. Even those that are out there bopping around, making connections, smiling at you, saying hello, even they perhaps could be a bit lonely and feeling isolated. Go a bit deeper. Remember that green wristband story that literally you can make a connection with almost anyone. You can find something in common whether it's the name of their child, that you know somebody of that, whether it's their interests and passions, I guarantee you will find ways to connect and you can be a part of the solution. Thanks for listening to me today. I want to share um, a couple quotes with you because one I just love and the other I want to leave you with um, as you go about your day and try to make these connections. First, Herman Melville, this is one of my favorite quotes ever, says, we cannot live only for ourselves. A thousand fibers connect us with our fellow men. And among those fibers as sympathetic threads, our actions run as causes and they come back to us as effects. You will make a difference, I promise you. So now I want to leave you with the words of Albert Camus, who said, When you have once seen the glow of happiness on the face of a beloved person, you know that a man can have no vocation but to awaken that light on the faces around him. In the depths of winter, I finally learned that within me there lay an invincible summer. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.